Welcome to How Leaders Lead. I'm Kula Callahan here to bring you another edition of Three More Questions with David Novak. David, we're talking about burgers and fries today. <laughs> it's going to be a really exciting one. <laughs> and today we're really chowing down and taking a deeper dive into my conversation with Scott Redler, the chairman of the National Restaurant Association and co-founder of Freddy's, that hamburger chain that you're talking about. Well, I've never had one, sadly, but they're famous for their steak burgers, fries, and custard. And this conversation is so much fun. I mean, this guy freaking loves steak burgers, french fries, and custard. And it just comes out in the way that he talks about not only their restaurant, but how they've experienced growth ever since they started Freddy's and what other leaders can do to really promote this longevity and success in their organizations. Well, I remember Bill Clinton said it's all about the economy, stupid. I always said in the restaurant business is always about the food, stupid. <laughs> you <know? laughs> and, you know, you got to love your food and you got to make sure it tastes great. You got to make sure it's served the right way. And Scott clearly understands that. He does. He's a passionate guy. So definitely go back and give that episode a listen if you missed it in your feed. For today, though, we're going to take a deeper dive into that conversation with our three more questions around Scott Redler and his Freddy's restaurant. So here we go. Question number one. When Scott co-founded Freddy's, they were only planning to open up one restaurant. And now there are over 475 Freddy's in the United States. He credits most of that success and growth to having a relentless focus on making other people successful. It's obvious that that worked for Freddy's, but David, why is this mindset so critical to the longevity and growth of an organization? Well, I think people development is everything. Leadership development is critical. And in the restaurant business, I think what Scott's really getting at is the, the most important leader in any restaurant is the general manager. The restaurant general manager is, is number one because they build the team that satisfies customers. And I can tell you, if you walk into a restaurant and you feel positive energy and you feel a hustle to the restaurant that makes it a fun place to go, I guarantee you there's a great general manager there who's really setting the tone and, and, and making it happen. And I think that the best leaders know that you have to create leaders in your organization. In the restaurant business, you got to make sure that the general manager increases their skills every single day, that you do everything you can to motivate them, inspire them, keep them if they're really good at what they do, because it all adds up to more customer satisfaction. And there's no leader that I know that's been enormously successful that doesn't make leadership development a priority. Well, David, that's a great segue into question number two for today. So I'll just go ahead and roll right into that one. Scott thinks of the general manager of a Freddy's as the king, and he's seen a lot of success over the years retaining talented GMs for his Freddy's restaurants. He says one of the keys to this success was getting every general manager to act and function like an entrepreneur. Why do you think this particular mindset is important for general managers and how do you teach it? 
Well, I think acting and functioning like an entrepreneur is critical for a restaurant general manager because you act like it's your own business. It, it is your own business. You're in charge of the entire shooting works. Nothing happens there without your leadership, without your influence. And, you know, I think if you're in an environment where you're being controlled all the time, being told what to do all the time, it's not very much fun. You want to be able to go to work every day and know that what happens in this restaurant today or in this business today is is up to me. And when you have that up to me mindset, that's when I think you get the best performance. All right. Question number three. Scott handles conflict by facing it head on and dealing with the facts. He says when you're dealing with facts, everybody listens. How do you keep your own opinion out of the way when you're dealing with conflict among your team? Well, first of all, I don't think you keep your own opinion out of the way. It just depends on when you're going to share it. And you share your opinion after you have really understood the facts and the reality the way it really is. Once you get clarity on that, then I think as the leader, you do need to weigh in and and offer your opinion. And I think that's the best way to get to a a real healthy decision. You know, I always say healthy debate means healthy decision. And so what you want to do as a leader is spur the debate, get all the facts out on the table. And then once those facts are out there, ask everybody what they would do. And generally, nine times out of 10, they do exactly what you would do. And so it makes it very easy. Sometimes, you may not agree with what the majority of the group might want to do, and, and that's when you have to weigh in. But at least you've heard all the facts, and you can give people the rationale they need to understand why you're coming at this a little bit differently. David, I'm a pretty passionate person. We recently took the Working Genius Assessment with our team, which is Patrick Lanchoni's assessment tool that he offers to teams so they can understand how each other works. And in my report from the Working Genius Assessment Tool, it said something like Kula is passionate about her opinions and makes sure that you know it's the right one or something like that. So my question to you is, how does a leader know when to die on a hill with their opinion and when to just let it go? I think leaders make their best decisions on whether to pursue their idea or to to move towards another idea after they fully understand the the situation. And that's why it's so important to get the facts that Scott talks about that you need to really make the, the, the right decisions. When you get those facts and you really understand the situation well, then your experience takes over and your gut takes over and it's up to you as the, the leader to, to make those tough calls. Where you make the biggest mistakes is when you think you know what's really going on and you don't. And, you know, I've done that in my life where I've, I've thought I knew uh, what the answer was, but I was wrong. And that's only because I hadn't dug in deep enough to, to really understand the facts of the situation. Well, I appreciate that uh, coaching bit for myself at the end of our three more questions episode, David. But I think you're right. And especially in the midst of conflict, if you have an opinion, and I'm speaking to myself here, just for the sake of having an opinion and hearing yourself talk, it's usually not the best thing for the team, especially if it's not backed up with the facts and you don't center yourself on the reality of what's actually happening. 
And I think that's why one of the huge traits that people need today more so than ever is the ability to collaborate, the ability to get all those opinions out on the table so that you can really make the very best decisions. And that, that collaboration skill is something that every leader really needs to, needs to develop. And, you know, that's why I think a very important question to ask as a leader is, what do you think? And that, that's an important question because you, you don't let people skate. You can't have people in, on your team sitting there silently thinking something but not sharing it. You want to make sure that everybody's opinion gets out on the table because once everybody shares their opinions, then you can make a decision together and go out and execute it. And, and I always say you, you want to make sure that those opinions are, are brought out in the meeting so that when you walk out with the decision made, it's time to be team together, team apart, okay? You were a team in there, you hashed out all the potential options and come up with a decision. The leader's gonna ultimately have to make the call on where you're gonna go. Then the job is to be together as a team when you walk out of that meeting and you go out into the organization, everybody you know, shares the same kind of commitment and conviction to executing it until you learn something that tells you that it wasn't the correct way to go. Then you adjust and you, you move on to the, the, the next plan. But I think uh, having that healthy debate and getting to a team together, team apart decision is, is very important. It is important. And even on these three more questions episodes, we've talked a lot about how leaders can create a safe space for people to feel like they can have that healthy debate. Because if folks don't feel safe enough to push back or to initiate healthy debate, then your organization is not going to go very far. Well, that does it for our three more questions episode today. Thanks so much for tuning in to How Leaders Lead. We're on a mission to make the world a better place by developing better leaders. And if you carve out a little time with us each and every week, we'll help you build the confidence you need to lead well. And tune in Thursday for my conversation with Diana Murphy, the Managing Director of Rock Solid Holdings, which is a private equity firm focused on small business and real estate in the Southeast. And Diana is also the former president of the United States Golf Association.